if you are a parent, you've had one of those moments where you were angry at your child, but your anger was tempered because you were laughing at them at the same time. Have you ever had one of those moments where you, you knew you were supposed to be mad, but this is funny. Uh, one of those moments where you have, uh, you have guests coming over. So you have uh, either made or, or purchased a, a, a dessert. And you told everybody, hands off, this is for company. Hands off, this is for company. And then you walk into the kitchen, and there your kid is. Uh, covered with cherries or apples or chocolate. The dessert is a disaster. You're furious, and then you look at your child and say, did you eat the cake? No. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't eat the cake? No. Evidence all over them. They're in that stage of life where food must be experienced as well as it's in their eyebrows, in their ears, and all over the... Are you sure? No. Didn't he? <laughs> the evidence says otherwise. You know, we're talking a lot about gospel conversations, and, and when we talk about gospel conversations, our natural response is, I don't know what to say. If somebody asks me a question, I don't know what to say. Uh, or how do I begin the conversation? I don't know what to say. That's not nearly as important as who you are. Because if you're covered with Jesus, the same way that little kid is covered with cake, the evidence will speak for itself. Stand with me as we read the story where this is true. It's in Acts chapter 4. It's the story of Peter and John. Now the next day the rulers and elders and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. And after they had had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about the good deed we have done to a disabled man, and by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, and whom God has raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. And when they, the leaders, observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized they had been with Jesus. When they recognized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed. But they understood. These men have been with Jesus. This is God's Word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Jesus promised the disciples that there would be a time when they would be brought before the leaders. But when they did, 
They were not to worry about what they were to say, that the Spirit would tell them. May we live so boldly that we too, like Peter and John, will be brought to give testimony about the name that is unlike any other name. And we pray in that moment you will give us power to speak. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Wow, talk about deja vu. Peter and John were standing in the same place where Jesus had stood. They were standing in front of the same people that had carried out the execution of Jesus. This was the same moment. This was the same place. These were the same leaders and elders. And now they had Peter and John before them. Jesus promised this would happen. He promised that when I'm gone, they will come for you and they will bring you before the leaders. They will bring you before the elders. Parent will turn against child and child against parent, friend against friend. And when they bring you before the councils, relax. Don't worry about what you will say, for the Spirit in that moment will give you the words that you need. They had pulled out all of the tricks to intimidate Peter and John. Did you notice that Luke tells us that after Peter and John had stood there, They wanted Peter and John to know, we have the power, you don't. We have the authority, you don't. We're in charge, you're not. And they asked the question that Peter and John had heard asked before. It's the same question that these men had asked Jesus. By what power, by what authority, Jesus, do you do these things? By what authority do you forgive sins? By what authority do you heal the sick? By what authority do you raise the dead? By what power do you do these things? And now they ask Peter and John the same thing. By what power, by what authority, in whose name? We thought we had control of all of the power. We thought we had all of it tapped. But you have something that we don't have. You're doing something we can't do. How are you doing this? And Peter, the same man who could not stand the interrogation of a teenage girl, now can't wait to speak. Do you know, notice how eloquent Peter is? Do you notice how formal his language is? Did you notice what his friend said about him? Now, now understand, Acts is written by friends of Peter and John. And the leaders understood that Peter and John were uneducated and untrained. Politely telling us, these two aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. That's what their friends say about them. But here we have this guy, untrained, uneducated, is now debating, making his case, preaching a sermon boldly to the leaders of Israel, Amen. the religious leaders and the political leaders of his time. If you're asking us about what good deed we did, 
are you interrogating us? Because a man who was crippled is now walking. Is that your problem? Is that why we're here? When we talk about the Middle Tennessee Initiative, we talk about the three ways that the church has engaged culture. Poverty, health care, education. All of those things, and their best, go back to the church. Church started hospitals. Uh, it was one of the things that we did in response to the plague back in the Middle Ages. We were the only people who would reach out to people who were dying of the plague. And that's where hospital comes from. We do better with poverty than anybody. Why? Because we deal with the root causes of poverty, those choices and bad behaviors that lead to a family being broke. And in the power of the resurrected Christ, a person is born again and given the power to break that cycle of poverty. So one of the reasons we do that is because we want to start the conversation with a pagan and unbelieving world who will come to us and say, by what power in whose name are you doing these good things? Well, if you want to know, it's in the name of the one that you crucified. It's in the name of the one that God raised from the dead. That power that brought Jesus back from the tomb now brought life back to this man and restored his dignity, and now he is standing right in front of you. It's hard to argue with the power of a changed life. Amen. This Jesus that God promised that he would put right in the middle of Zion is a promise from Isaiah, it's a promise from the Psalms. See, I have laid in Zion a cornerstone that the builders rejected, but I selected, God says, and now this cornerstone is the foundation that I'm building everything else on. And this cornerstone, this Jesus, will either be the cornerstone of all that you build, or it will be the stumbling block that trips you up. Amen. You won't ignore it. You won't avoid it. It will either trip you up or be the foundation of your life. One of the two. This stone you rejected has now been given a name unlike any other name. The one name that we've been given through which, by which we must be saved. You and I think that we're undergoing a lot of persecution because we, ex uh, we declare the exclusivity of Jesus. Uh, we are challenged by our culture because we preach an exclusive gospel. What do we mean by that? We say that there is no other name but Jesus. Now, I tell you all the time, it is that definite article that will get you in trouble. Nobody will get mad at you if you say Jesus is a way to God. Nobody will get angry if you say Jesus is a way of truth. Nobody will get angry if you say, I have found my truth, my truth is Jesus, that's the way I have chosen to live, and that's the truth I have found. He is a truth. Nobody will get angry. When you say the, now you have said Jesus is right and everybody else is wrong. Now everybody wants to argue. Now everybody wants to debate. 
I would love to tell you that there are lots of ways. I would love to be able to tell you whatever way works for you, make it work for you. I can't do that if I love you. I can't tell you that. I tell you the story all the time. Uh, what happens if tonight you wake up and your house is on fire? And it's already filled with smoke. And it's thick, acrid, it's black, it's already shorted out the electrical system of your house so there's no light in your house and the only thing you know is you can't breathe. You remember enough from your childhood to learn to fall to the, to the floor and try to find the oxygen there. And you find that about, there's about a foot of air right on the bottom. Do you know that most everything in your house, once it catches on fire, is poisonous? Uh, the carpet, the, the, the stuff uh, that your uh, furniture's made of, uh, the wallpaper, the paint, all of that is toxic. Most of the time you do not burn to death in a fire. Most of the time you choke to death, you suffocate because you can't find any air to breathe. What happens if in that moment you're lying on the floor and you start choking and your eyes are watering and you're trying to find your way out and all of a sudden in that moment when you start to panic you hear me saying to you come this way come to my voice this is the way out do you stand up and say well you're arrogant Mike <laughs> this is my house I know every door I know every window there are lots of ways out no you don't in fact, my voice in that moment will be the prettiest song you have ever heard. You will come to my voice. Why? Because you will know it's the only way out, that the other ways are blocked. The other ways the world tells you are blocked. There is no other person like Jesus. He's the only way we have. Amen. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time arguing about are there other ways. I want to thank God he gave us one. Amen. There's no other name. And the leaders are befuddled because they recognize these guys didn't go to school. They aren't trained but they can't get the idea that these guys know Jesus away from them. These guys have been with Jesus. They know Jesus. Whenever we talk about these gospel conversations, you get hung up on what am I going to say and how am I going to say it. It always comes out of the overflow. The most important thing you can do is not necessarily seek out somebody to share the gospel with, but seek Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more filled you are with Jesus, the world will find you. The world recognizes the presence of Jesus sometimes before we do. And what happens is that the world listens to us. They listen to what Jesus says and they pay attention. Then they see how we live. 
and how we live doesn't line up to what they know Jesus says. What you say on social media doesn't line up with what Jesus says. The way you act in your relationships, the way you do your business doesn't line up with what Jesus says. So the world wants us to answer this question. Why should the world believe what we believe about Jesus when we don't seem to believe it ourselves? But if you live Jesus, the world will find you. How does that happen? Well, it happens in your prayer life. It happens in your Bible study. It happens when Christ begins to pour himself into you and you cannot hold the ocean in a thimble. He will flow out of you, over you, through you, and he'll slosh on to those people around you. And people will find you. There's something different, Mike, about the way you handle your marriage. There's something different about the way you're a parent. There's something different about the way you do your life. There's something different. We want to know what that difference is. We want to know by what power, by what authority you do these things. And when that happens, Jesus promised, don't sweat it. I'll tell you what to say in that moment. Don't sweat it. Don't worry that you'll ask the questions in the right order. Don't worry that you won't be able to remember what you were supposed to say. Jesus will tell you in that moment what you need to say to that person. Why? Because Jesus has been working in that person's life. And what he will give you to say is what that person needs to hear. If you're living out of that overflow. And when you do that, the world finds you. You'll be that different. You will stick out that much. They will find you. I tell you all the time, the world isn't angry at us because we're different. The world is angry at us because we're not different enough. Because in the political arena, we claim to stand for the terms of Christ, and they can't see the difference. The most important thing you can do is seek Jesus, is to be with Jesus and let that overflow wash on to those people around you. Oh, you won't have to find a person to have a conversation with. They'll find you. Let's pray together. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, perhaps your moment of response is just as simple as going out and finding the discipleship team in the atrium and saying, I want to find a group of people who are serious about their walk with Christ. Starting there.
Maybe it's become part of this church fellowship. You come. Our counselors, our ministers are waiting for you at a table outside. Big sign says next steps. We want you to meet us out there so we'll have time to talk, answer your questions, pray with you. So we can help you get those uh, process started for whatever your next step is. And if you're here, and the only thing you're aware of is that you don't know Jesus, that's okay. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. And more than anything else, we want, you to help, we want to help you know Jesus, but we want to do it today. So find us. We'll be waiting out at the table. Just walk up and say, I want to know more about what Mike was talking about. I want to know more about Jesus. We'll pick up the conversation from there. But do not go home. Don't leave this place and not know. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now.